0: Welcome to Many Parts One Body. We are Danny Patrick, a queer seminarian. And I am Paul Holford, a not-so-queer pastor. Talking on topics of faith, inclusion, community, you know, the simple things. Each Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will bring you a new episode. Join us as we dive in headfirst.
1: Just a quick trigger warning at the beginning, we will be talking about topics of rape in this episode.
0: Hi everyone, welcome to Many Parts One Body. This is Danny.
1: And this is Paul.
0: Thank you for joining us for episode four, aptly titled, Be Our Guest. Uh, In this episode, we'll be tackling yet another one of our infamous clobber passages. Uh, We are still in Genesis. Uh, We're going to be looking at Genesis 19, uh, which is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: Which is one of people's, for lack of a better way of phrasing this, favorite ones to go to, that go-to clobber passage that they're able to kind of remove from its context and read a lot of things into the, in between the lines to make this one of the more popular clobber passages. So non-affirming theology claims that the sin of Sodom is homosexuality, stemming from the fact that it says that men wanted to know, you can't see me, I'm using air quotes around know, um, wanted to know Lot's guest. Um, essentially to to rape them, however um it's important to note really when we look at the story in its full context the non affirming theology is leaving a lot of the story out and reading a lot of their own stuff into it um because lots in, in essence it's it's a story of um a desire for rape, not nothing consensual, no consensual homosexual relationship or any consensual relationship at all is being spoke of, of here. So the condemnation comes with, and I think we agree with it, is this lack of consent in sexual advances. And I would say that we would all agree that non-consensual relationships, bad, bad. We can okay. just go bad, evil, wrong, um, so rape is really what is being condemned here, not a consensual relationship in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think it says a lot about our Christian culture, though, where we take a, a story about rape and we turn it into a story against the LGBTQ plus community. We're weaponizing something that, unfortunately, church history has kind of covered up and concealed inside of history, and we are weaponizing it against a group of people Um in a very negative way, we're taking scripture and clobbering people with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the, the the story when we and and I I would challenge the listeners to go and read um, the story in Genesis chapter nineteen and and read it from the from the way of looking at it as a story of a desire to rape to know them in a way that there was no consent between the between the individuals.
0: And with this, we can also see a bigger picture if we're looking kind of further into Scripture. In Ezekiel 16, 49, 50, it says, Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her sisters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen. Now, the themes within these passages, a lot of this, you know, being arrogant and overfed, and unconcerned, not helping with the poor and needy. They have to do with hospitality, not taking care of others around us. Um, you know, In our culture, these things may not be as high of importance anymore, um, unfortunately. Um, but if we're looking at the context and the culture in which uh, those in the Bible were in, in Israel, uh, hospitality was huge in ancient cultures. It was uh, of great offense to not provide hospitality to those that came to you. That's why Lot was taking these um, these people in and having them be in his household um, and taking care of them. Uh, so that's really a, a big thing here is to say, you know, we're seeing in the Bible saying, this was the sin of Sodom. These, this is what they were doing. Um, and it's clearly being ignored, you know, this is being ignored if we're saying, no, the sin of Sodom was that they were homosexuals, you know, that were having homosexual relations with other men.
1: And, and it's such a leap to get there, and being somebody who grew up, and even the beginning of my ministry, I was engrossed in the non-affirming theology. I've seen it weaponized, and I would probably weaponized this myself by going, this is the default one. This is the one that nobody can argue with, and even throughout my whole studying of scriptures, myself is like Ezekiel chapter sixteen was left out. Like we didn't, we weren't using the text to compare text to text. It was like we're we're not going to l- worry about Ezekiel chapter sixteen because it doesn't feed into the narrative that I'm tr- that we're trying to use the scripture for inside of non affirming theology, and when we take a look at it from a non-affirming theology perspective, not only is it weaponized, but it, it is placing homosexual consenting homosexual relations in the same boat as non-consensual relations together. I mean, they're 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 completely different. Right. Um, Gen- Genesis nineteen is about the like you like you you were implying or saying the idea of hospitality, and one of the ways that you you're not hospitable to somebody is when you see them and say, "Well, let's have." I, I desire to rape you. Um, that's not usually the most hospitable thing. Um, and this is where it, it does get kind of touchy um, w- w- when we start talking about consent, because it is something that has become to the forefront again recently inside of culture in general, with with, with different movements inside of Western culture, this idea of what is consent, when do people consent, and when the scriptures themselves say one of the biggest flaws of Sodom is non-consent. We as the church need to to, to preach and teach what consent looks like, which I think is for a whole nother podcast, um, because that's not in our notes today. That's why we got to stick to notes. But when we look at Ezekiel chapter um, 16, I feel like it's laying out... Um, this description of what it looks like when an empire is about to fall down. when they beca- It talks about the pride or the, that finding the deep satisfaction in oneself uh, at the expense of other, others, the excess of food, having so much that you have too much, you have, you have more than enough. And when you have excess of food, you have waste, or you have waste of what's, what's um, being given to you. Prosperous ease, this idea of um, prospering off the work of others. That's why I really like to look at this idea of prosperous ease is that you're benefiting off the work of others to the point where you no longer need to work. And everybody else is expendable because they're working and you're gaining all of the wealth inside of that. But inside of Sodom, they had excess of food, ease of wealth, but they still had poor. It says they still had the poor and they didn't take care of the poor And the needy, even in their prosperity, they didn't aid those who were in need, which speaks volumes again about the hospitality. Talks about how they weren't taking care of each other as a collective. Um, And then the one that's thrown in here where I believe like the purity culture really grabs onto is abomination. It says, and there were abomination before me and for some reason inside of non-affirming theology, the moment the word abomination is brought up, it's all about what? Homosexuality. And they have taken this word abomination and have hijacked it. Because we've already established at the beginning of this podcast that the actual abomination was non-consensual rape. When we say non-consensual sex, it's prettying up the word rape. They desired to rape these people. so the desire to rape lots guests—that was the abomination. Um, that could be the abom- that is the abomination that I believe is um, referred to here. I mean, it's a really a reach, I think, to imply consensual relations of any kind. It is not only a reach. I think it is not being true to the text at this time, and I think what's happened through the purity culture movement and through the moral majority is they're reading what they want to into the text. To be, able to, to be able to defend their bigotry, to be able to defend their hatred. And I've seen it happen using this text specifically. So I want to kind of poke the bear a little bit and also say, does this description of Sodom remind us of a nation that comes to mind? Pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, it is depicting the rise and fall of a nation. The ease of life and all that. Historically, that could describe the rise and fall of all empires, and then it says, "So he, re- so God removed them." It's they were destroyed because not because of homosexuality, but because of their lack of hospitality and tending, tending for to each other.
0: And and another thing that I find really interesting, and, and this is something that we kind of see throughout the Bible overall. Um, is kind of the erasure of women in the story. Um, many translations kind of fail to acknowledge that it was actually the whole community um, that come to Lot's door, not just the men, um, demanding that the guests be turned over to them. Yeah. Um, so, if if anything, it was really an, an intent to, to commit a gang rape as opposed to any kind of, you know, homosexual. Um, kind of rape scenario, um, which gets back to the whole non-consensual um, situation. So, but the erasure of women in the Bible is prevalent all throughout. Um, that's again another to- <laughs> another topic for another day. Um, but that is something interesting to kind of add in to that story. That that the, a lot of translations fail to put that in there because it it doesn't fit the narrative that non-affirming theology wants to set so we're not going to include women in there because if women are included then that doesn't make it how can we say it's homosexual then so we we just don't include that piece of information in there and then it it can fit perfectly into our puzzle um, to go forward Um, so ultimately we find that if viewed through a very narrow lens um, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah can and is used against homosexual relations. However, once we take into account you know the context, the culture, the full interpretation, um, we can see that the passage says nothing to consensual homosexual relations at all a, a, to any consensual sexual relations. Um, we're really kind of we're looking at a much larger um, set of sins uh, that in which Sodom was committing. Um, and so we really need to broaden that lens and broaden that scope.
1: And I think in taking this text and weaponizing it against the LGBTQ plus community, it allows the churches who have non-affirming theology not to focus on the actual sins of Sodom. It gets to, it gets to, they, they get to say, this is the sin and we're going to um talk only about what we think would be homosexual relations even though it's not there we're gonna we're gonna clobber everybody until they believe this is what it says because even if you talk to people who are probably not e- even people who are versed in scriptures and are go- attending a church, the first one of the first things you ask them, well what why do you think homosexual would be a sin they would say Sodom and Gomorrah. But if you, would, if you were to say, well, what about the lack of hospitality or the ease of life or not taking care of the poor? I don't think Sodom's the first one that comes up when they say that. So it's almost erasing the story of why they were actually, fire was rained down and placing a cultural thing in our, in our now time and day to weaponize it to be able to say, well, this is God's way of saying X, Y, and Z. And I like the way that you mentioned earlier, you have the erasure of, of the women in that because that doesn't feed into the narrative of what non-affirming theology is trying to use Sodom and Gomorrah for. Um, and it also, in doing that, that, there's this idea also that that the gang rape culture, that was, or the gang rape that was trying to happen with Lot's guests was not just men going after men. It was a community of people who saw what they wanted and wanted to take it no matter what.
0: So, I mean, um, ultimately, you know, this is uh, a story that's very familiar to a lot of people. Um, But again, it's been kind of morphed and twisted, and a a lot of us can always benefit from taking another look um, and reading uh, into the passages. Um, I always recommend taking a look look at a few different translations. Um, I always find that helpful. I... Uh, I'm always looking at the ESV as one of the translations I look at, Um, and uh, I think uh, the passage that I uh, quoted in here was from the NIV, um, was from the the materials that I pulled the information from was NIV, Um, but yeah, use different translations that can be helpful to give you some insight as well.
1: I don't think this episode isn't going to be as long as the other ones, because I don't think... I mean, when we're being faithful to the text, it's not we're not trying to find the nuance. It's, it's laid out there completely for us. Mm-hmm. This is 100%, if you want to talk about sexuality, this is 100% about non-consensual relations. Mm-hmm. It's about rape. Um, and like we said at the beginning, we would all agree that rape is wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to end on such a uh, heavy <laughs> note. So we will uh, add one little piece of trivia at the end. So the title of this episode is Be Our Guest. And uh, I came up with the title, um, of course, based off of the lovely Disney film uh, Beauty and the Beast. And, uh, of course, we had to uh, ask our close friend uh, which one of us, Paul or Danny, would be uh, Cogsworth, the clock, and which one would be Lumiere, the candlestick. Um, So... uh, I am Lumiere, the candlestick. Paul is Cogsworth, the clock. Uh, if any of you want to guess why, <laughs> uh, you can let us know. Um, it, we found it quite humorous, um, but we we have been enjoying making this podcast for you. Please continue to uh, send us comments, uh, questions. Uh, if you have any insights or any you know any critiques, we're happy to hear them. Uh, everything um, you know. We're happy to hear anything as long as it's done uh, out of respect and love. That's that's perfectly fine by us. Um, but we've really enjoyed this, and we uh, hope to hear from you and uh, talk to you soon.
1: So thank you for joining us for this episode, and we will see you guys. or not see you. You will listen to us in the next one. Thanks.